Ramones of the day, and this is Howlin' at the Moon, sha-la-la-la. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Ramones of the Day, the podcast examining every single Ramones song alphabetically from 53rd to the word zero. I am Philip. And I'm Molly. And we are joined today by Sarah Basic. Hello. Hello. Yay. I know, I threw you a curveball. That's your cue to say hello. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. Uh, Thank you for for joining us. Um, Today we are discussing Howling at the Moon, Shalalala. This is from (laughs) 1985's, 1985's Too Tough to Die. Uh, this is written by Dee Dee Ramon, and I gave this a song category of political. Ooh. Because this, mm. this is where we take a good look at society. Yeah. And tell you what's wrong with it. Yeah. yeah. Ship stocking and narcos. Yeah, It's man. a classic rock and roll uh, <laughs> device. Political thriller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> A classic rock and roll political thriller. Well, we had that other political thriller by the Ramones. The, the... Which, oh, yeah, the Havana Affair. Yeah, Havana yeah, Affair. That's their, oh, yeah, that's their that's other political song. affair. Yeah, like totally. Uh, this song was played by the Ramones only ten times. Oh, really? Yes. That is so surprising to do, me. Do you find that to be much less? I, I think it should have been played so much more. It's dancey, yeah. it's poppy, it's like, it's a sing-along. It's one of their, like, released hits. I feel like they had a They had a freaking video it, for it's it. It's gotta be the wrong, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy they only paid it t- played it tonight. We have not, we have not been keeping up with the, like, missed opportunities or fumbled the ball at the goal line moments that the Ramones have had, but this feels like one. It's like, you well, guys need to back this song. Yeah, right. that's crazy. I, I guess because it wasn't punk rock enough for their live show. Or they or didn't want to do the keyboards. Got it. Um, I did, on that note, I did listen to some live version. And when it starts, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's almost like they just kind of lose gas as it goes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it needs the keyboards. Because they were just playing everything so fast. I mean, like, maybe some of that stuff just didn't translate to a live show. Yeah. But it's a kind of a bummer that they wouldn't allow for a playlist that could have some tempo change nope. it i mean you know Dang like it. maybe they could have i don't know what i was gonna say i was gonna say about <laughs> if that i was running the band <laughs> uh, tell it to johnny Ramon. yeah I, can't, uh, I unfortunately will never have that opportunity no um, i know in heaven when i'm mm-hmm. drinking yeah. tea with the ramones yeah pillow fights with joey every day all day <laughs> i think maybe part of the reason why it wasn't played live awesome awesome often was the keyboards and a I think a big part that the keyboards were in there was because it, this was the track from Too Tough to Die that was produced by Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics. Got it. Makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah. Still, it, but you're right. It still seems weird that they're like, oh, we brought in this like, you know, like guest star producer to make this thing. It's our single. It's our video. We're going to play it like 10 times. I know. That's so weird. Yeah. Well, did anyone else write opening Nintendo sequence? <laughs> question mark? Yeah, I was actually really surprised when the first thing I heard was like synthesizer sounds. I'm like, this isn't, wait, is this the wrong track? Yeah, Did I get the what's wrong going band? on here? And I also thought at first that I was going to hear a cover of I Believe in Miracles, whatever that 
70s disco song is. Oh, right, right, right. Oh. I was like, oh, no, did they do a cover of that? Like, I hope like, not. I believe in miracles. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. That song? Okay, that would okay, be okay. incredible. That would have been incredible. And it wasn't, so. It I wasn't. Was, I was happy about that. Uh, maybe adding more fire. I did not write the Nintendo thing. Got it, got it. Sorry. But you feel you get Nintendo every time? Well, I just think it's like such... It's such Nintendo noises. It is a very yeah. Mario And noise. it's so interesting because, like, I don't know, that's so poppy in 80s, isn't it? To, like, yes. put that Nintendo opening in. Like, I kind of like it, though. Is that the worst? No. I don't hate it. I really don't. No. Um, I, I kind of love this song. They, they actually, I think that they tried a lot of different weird things. Yeah, but it, that, kind I think that's of like cool. Reinvent, like, this yeah. is going to be our hit. This but is also, really going to be our hit. they worked with the dude from the Eurythmics, and they got something really cool out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously yeah. they released it as a single. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, right? As way, as way of transition, let's talk about that single. Well, wait, a, Richie oh. wrote this song, right? No, Dee Dee wrote this oh, song. Oh, Dee Dee wrote this song. I'm sorry, Richie's on drums. Right. Got it. <laughs> um, so this song had a video, a music video. Did you guys watch the music video? I watched it. I haven't seen the video. The video? Okay. I watched it. Let me try to explain it. Okay. Um, I'll totally tell you what it is. The Ramones are in a box yeah. on a truck. Yeah. And it's driven by this guy who kind of looks like a, uh, a, I think his name's like Dana Snyder, a stand-up comedian from the 90s whose name escapes me now. I tried to look up this actor. Okay. I have not found who he is. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, he drives him around and he's, and he, is kind of a sleazy looking guy, but he's the hero and he's kind of doing like good. Sure. He's like Robin Hood, basically. Uh, did I sum it up pretty well? Because that's well, pretty much all I have. Well, no. He he <laughs> stole all this art, right? And he's oh, distributing right. it to the poor. And then you see how like a homeless guy's drinking like out of a fancy teacup and like, you know, okay. the Ramones get placed in an old lady's house. And so you see how by having this quote unquote art of which the Ramones are an art piece. Mm. Did you see? Because like, right? Okay, you that's know what I mean. In the box. Yeah, that's why they're in a box, and they're being and this guy's like delivering precious art to the world, stealing from the rich people, the museums, and giving to the homeless. I don't know. But can you? These are some heavy ideas. I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, for to the end, like, I guess to their credit was like, yeah, it's a political song, so we're gonna like have sort of a. He's literally stealing from the rich yeah. and give to the poor. But so. I mean, this song is pretty great yeah you want to get in yeah well as far as like a song you know some kind of like robin hood like i feel like this band really hits home the idea that they're like the everyday guy that you know okay. we're we're the 99 percent almost before the 99 percent was a okay. thing you know what i mean like yes. i feel like this is them reaffirming that they're just like all you guys out there and <laughs> you know the system is corrupt but we the people you know what i mean <laughs> sure <laughs> right mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. But again, I think Sarah's right that they tried to, it was like, Too Tough to Die was like their sort of return to form album. Yeah. And I would argue it was like, it's sort of their first consciously punk album. Sure. Because if they started out not like sort of launching punk, you don't know that you are that. And they're just trying to be a rock band. So they're just trying to be a rock band. Yeah. And then they kind of backed away from it. The label did. It was like, oh, you guys are punk rock. We're all scared of that. Don't do it. And this was the first one. It's like, no, we're a punk band, and this is like a punk album. This is what we do. Yeah, yeah. We're still gonna like squeeze in one more. Like, we're gonna get some synthesizers in this one track <laughs> and get it in there. Yeah, but it's not the first time they use synthesizers in a song. No, I guess not. 
I mean, look, you Outside guys. Phil Spector? It was the 80s. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You didn't use synthesizers. Like, I mean, give me a break yeah. over here. <laughs> not They're not immune to the world, you know? <laughs> They're not in a vacuum. And I'm sure they thought the Eurythmics were awesome, probably. I bet Joey thought the Eurythmics were awesome. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Johnny probably said something mean about Annie Lennox. <laughs> probably, yeah, he was a pretty, like, straight and narrow guy, I yeah, think. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe they were friends with the Eurythmics, though. You never know. I like to think that all those bands just hung out and just, you know, read comic books yeah, together. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they all read comic books together. Yeah. Had pizza. It was, like, like really Eleanor fun. Park. Right. Yeah. Uh one little bit of trivia that may also contribute to why they didn't back it so much. This song is four minutes and eight seconds long, wow. which is the, according to what we're following for our show, our yeah. show format, this is the sixth longest Ramon song. Oh, okay. And Too Tough to Die, the album, I realize, has three of the sixth Wow. Longest. Wow, yeah. yeah. And a lot of four-minuters on there. Um, so I wonder if even that contributed to that. It was like, if you're trying to be like, okay, now like we're all into the following the trend of like skate punk and that type of stuff straight edge stuff it's just got to be fast and furious all the time it's like this four minute song has got to go yeah sure sure well, yeah that's not very punk I, I think it's also very interesting though that this their like seminal return album has all these really long songs on yeah. it like i think that's interesting i think it just it seems to me like that's positive because they're not trying to just make it short because that's what ramones do mm-hmm. which is kind of yeah. good you know, sure. that yeah. they let just the rock and roll be whatever it is. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you wanted to pull up the lyrics. Yeah, the re- lyrics are right here. Um, I'll tell you right now, Sarah. I don't. I don't pay much attention to lyrics. Here, here's. I don't. I don't usually either. Okay. But what do you guys think this means? I do actually. It was so. glowing, 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 glowing in the dark. It was sparkling, 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 sparkling in the night. I took the law and threw it away because there's nothing wrong. It just. It's just for play. He's just talking about. The idea of the law as glowing, glowing, glowing. Or their sirens? Uh-huh. Okay. I, okay, that's interesting. I guess. Yeah, that's funny. It was glowing, glowing, glowing. I don't know. Yeah, what does that? What do you think, Sarah? You got any? I, I don't. I'm, I'm, let me let me uh, take a quick look. Let's see. I took the law and threw it away. I mean, is he talking about the moon? Yes, I mean, he's, oh, no. oh right, he's, he's it's howling the at the moon. <laughs> right. Oh, my God, we're idiots. But keep it glowing. <laughs> but listen, keep it glowing, smoking, glowing, I'm howling at the moon. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It could be a gun, maybe, smoking. Maybe. Hmm. Anyway, okay, well. I don't know. You don't have any thoughts? I, I like how it's open to, like, it Like it seems obvious that, yeah, he's talking about the moon, but there's like other it. modifiers here that you wouldn't say about the moon and that's what I think is interesting that they like they specifically will make it so that you can't pin it down or that it can be have a twist or that there can be interpretation or you know I think that's cool I'm not so anal retentive that I did this ahead of time but I wonder if this song has the most lyrics for a Ramon song interesting because there's a lot it does have a lot I mean most if they have a long song, I think the other one, another one we had was uh, when the girl turns into the slug. That was kind of a long one. There's like a lot of details in that song. You know but what I mean? No, what's the one? It like starts I, off with her making a sandwich. Bye bye baby. <laughs> Is it bye bye baby? But anyway, um, 
that one's long, but it's like it's repetitive a lot. And I mean, there's I, even if you don't count sha la 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 as a word, there's like, a lot of which we do. Sha la 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 is very important. Yeah, it turns you can off. argue that like the like oh yes and babies and Ramon songs are just as important as the actual lyrics. Definitely, you know, I would. Sarah, yeah. as a songwriter, how do you feel about noises as words? Love them. Great. Of them. Yeah. I mean, like, where else can you just write a bunch of nonsense? Like, you can't put right. that into a screenplay and somebody just says, sha la 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 la. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just wouldn't fly. But in and music, I, I it's like, like that, sure. Like, lyric writing has evolved so that, yeah, adding yes, oh yes, and and la la la's has just become a part of writing a rock and roll song. It's sure. great. I, I love it. I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, there's something too, especially about. I'm sorry, not to keep harping on the Shalala thing, but that harkens back to that doo-wop era, and it almost it yeah. almost feels like a more naive time or like a simpler time. It mm. kind of invokes its own poetry, just the phrase Shalala, or like to use la la las sure. as words. You know, it kind of like right. sweetens any song just for like the cultural imprint that you have from those phrases from the music that it came from that's interesting you know? I wouldn't have thought that and I feel like the Ramones you play on that a lot you mm-hmm. know that that time when America was just you know innocent so that here it's... in this in this where they're really I don't know they're really trying to make a statement and then they've got all like a lot of ooh babies you know what I mean <laughs> like it's just yeah. an interesting dichotomy it it's, is for it's, sure. It's funny too to think that like if this song title had appeared on a doo-wop album back in 1957, it, it, it's totally inappropriate. Like Howlin' at the Moon, Sha La La La, or like, oh great, that song. It's not gonna be the No More Narcos, Conservatives, Concr- like it's not right. gonna have that. Right, it's just exactly. Funny that they're like, oh, we took like an old doo-woppy type title, but then we made it this. Yeah, we made it. Right. Yeah, a super yeah. political thing. Uh, I really like this song. I'm moving into feelings. I love this song. I think it's. I love it. Yeah, I definitely love it. I think it has just a lot of of the good qualities of of earlier Ramon songs, um, but it's kind of like growing. You can tell that they're stretching their songwriting abilities, Mm. but it still has that old school Ramones feel that I love and that I want to hear. so, yeah, I love it. It's the Ramones, sorry, it's Ramones doing, I know it's going to be so obnoxious, <laughs> doing pop music really well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is the pop song that I really can't stop playing. I, I was talking to Molly off mic a while ago about the kind of thing that we've thrown around a bit of like, why, you know, why weren't the Ramones more popular? Why weren't they more successful? And I was throwing around the admittedly very pessimistic idea that maybe... <laughs> All things considered, they were probably about as popular as we could actually expect those people to get. Mm-hmm, so yeah. sometimes when you think like, oh, you know, this song could have been a hit, this song could have been a like, I can find a way where I, I can find a reason why it wasn't. This song challenges that hmm. theory because mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't. In, in a vacuum, it seems like, yeah, it's a really catchy song. It's like... There's parts where you just sing Shalala with it. Well, it's great. It's it had so keyboards at the time. Because think about right. it. it you're, the, the Ramones that you're getting on the radio and the Ramones that you're getting at a live show are two completely different bands. Mm-hmm. You're already starting to alienate your audience there, right? Because like, it's like they are sure. kind of like, they're, they're always fighting against themselves. Like, like this thing, they have this hit. They have a video for it. They only play it 10 times live. Like the whole point is that you play, 
your song, your new song. You think so, right. record, I you mean, think at this point in their career, I think I believe at this point, as at least their concerts, like Johnny's pretty much driving the set list. And maybe it was like, ugh, they brought in Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics for this stupid song. It's like, we're not gonna play it. Like almost up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I can see that. I mean I'm it's just conjecture because I was never there ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we read it seems about right. We read more books th- about it than he did. I know. <laughs> yeah. He probably uh, doesn't I... even remember. He didn't remember <laughs> what happened most of the time. Um I, I also love this song. Um you have most valuable? This is gonna be I feel like this huh. is gonna be a tough one. This is a tough one. I don't know. I really liked um Richie on this, I'll throw another drummer sure. a bone because I thought Give I know drummers it. props. Yeah, and um, I, I really like Dee Dee's writing on this one, but I think I'm gonna give it to Joey. Oh, classic Molly! Yay, <laughs> Joey, Joey. Sarah, do you have one? I have Dee Dee. Okay. Um, I, I think the bass playing is very steady and kind of keeps the song moving along. Hmm. It's the glue. Okay. Nice. So Sarah Bassick plays the bass, everybody. I do play the bass, so I'm biased towards Awesome. Do you, listen, do you listen for those things? Like, I do. First, yeah, absolutely. Do. Mm-hmm. On first impression of hearing a song? Um, It depends on the song, okay. but I usually try and pick it out, yeah. Okay. And sometimes I'll, I th- I'd say the things I, I notice the most are the vocals and the bass. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm I'm giving a vote to Joey. Um, <laughs> Every know, vote for true. Joey is a vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think I think he, he does a really good job, and it's sort of the it's the other end of things from uh, the one we just talked about, uh, highest yeah. trails above, where he didn't write it. It's almost like you'd almost argue it's like a hired gun moment or just like sing the song yeah but he had to balance the like sha-la-la-las and ooh babies along with like telling this story cohesively yeah yeah and he said the words right so he gets special, <laughs> special points for saying the words right sure um but he's probably excited he could say conservatives can cry so yeah he wasn't that out of it no um any other cracks of the bat at Howlin' at the Moon, Shalalala. No, this song is so, it just reminds me of that movie Cloak and Dagger from the 80s. Do you remember that? Why does it remind you of it's Cloak just, and it's Dagger? It's got that like early 80s vibe, you know? It's just yeah. kind of poppy and synthy, and but kind of dark and like, okay. you know, there's like dark, mysterious government dealings. What was <laughs> and, like? What was, it's, Dab, it's Dabney Coleman. Yeah, Dabney Coleman, yeah. And some kid. Yeah. What was the story of Cloak and Dagger? It Were they have, themselves Cloak and his buddy Dagger? <laughs> it's, it's been a while. You don't I know. I don't remember it's much about it. It was just like it was like a lot of us, like intrigue and like dark and dirty government workings and. I feel like the story was that Dabney Coleman was like the seasoned sort of James Bond type spy, and a kid got involved. Right? Sure. There, yeah. there is a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about the kid. But, it didn't, but the kid didn't start as a spy. <laughs> no, I I remember watching this movie, but I can't. Yeah. Anyway, I the box. we'll we'll watch it later. And, it <laughs> oh, was good. it was in the middle of the Cold War, so yeah, there was a lot of everybody was getting in on the act. Yeah, man, covert operations happening. <laughs> uh, anything else before we close it out? No, man. I'm closing nope. the book. Well, thank you again, Sarah, for joining us today, and thank you, listeners. Uh, please follow us at 
Ramones Podcast on Twitter, and join us next time when we will we will be discussing humankind on Ramones of the Day. Yeah.